Good morning, everybody. My name is John Hardy, and I'm sitting in this morning for Jamie, who's out on vacation. This morning, I want to talk to you about a little, some things that's been going on in this country, and it's mostly racism. I really have a problem with all the chaos right now that's going on in this country. So many people are yelling the word racism. In actuality, they should not even be making the attempt to call out someone as a racist. You know, we've all heard that Donald Trump is a racist and the Republicans are racist, but somewhere in that mix, we actually forgot about who created the racism, the infrastructure that we see today that holds so many blacks and other minorities down. For example, you know, you hear the Democrats talk about how the Republicans are actually holding you down. You hear how the Republicans um, don't want you to come up and be a capitalist. They also talk about us, when I say us, the blacks, because I am a black conservative or a conservative who happens to be black. I don't do identity politics, let's get that clear. But as we sit here and, and go through the things that we're going through right now as a country, it seems to me there is one ultimate plan. It's to control the racism, the races by controlling it with racial narratives. You know, before Barack Obama, we didn't really have any problems with racism. Yeah, we had a spat here and there, but overall, we didn't have a problem. When Barack Obama came in office, actually when he was running for office, he told many, 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 many Americans, Hope and change, hope and change. Well, what he was hoping was to change the country so it's leaning one way, and that's to the left. So if you live on the left coast or the right coast, um, people love that message. And it was a good message. The only problem was it wasn't true. The message really wasn't designed to benefit you and I. It was really designed to benefit the Democrat Party, the socialists, the party who wants all the power, the party who wants to control the people. Now, people don't realize how powerful to deploy the word racism during the election. It only happens every four years. It only happens every four years. And nobody's a racist until elections. You know, when Herman Cain ran for president, they couldn't attack him as a racist. They had to attack him for as he was a womanizer. He had extracurricular affairs outside of his marriage. So it's a, it's a, every four years, it's a different dynamic because more and more blacks are running for office. So the Democrat will lay back on racism when it's a black man. It's all about him being a powerless, him being a uh, cheater and so forth and so on. There's always a history of doing bad things when you're a black conservative running for full office. So racism is very, very and even an effective way to run an election if you're the Democratic Party. For so long, the Democrats have got a way of telling people that we are the party of the poor. 
We are the party of the underprivileged. We are the party of Black America, Hispanics. Anyone that they can get to believe that they are oppressed by white power, privilege for the whites, so forth and so on, even in voting. Isn't that ironic? They always want to have voting laws. You got to have ID. But you know what? When you go down and vote, they don't have a line. Let me make it clear. They don't have a segregation line that says blacks in one line, voting pertain to you in a different manner than it does for whites in the other line. That doesn't exist. In your head, it may exist. In the rhetoric, it may exist. But in real time and real world features, it does not exist. You know, everybody's gotten uptight over Georgia, the Georgia laws, Georgia's races. It stops people from voting, you know, especially blacks. You know, here's a question for you. How in the hell, how in the hell did they manage to vote during Barack Obama? When 90% of all the voters that voted for Barack Obama were black. Well, excuse me, that's wrong. That's wrong. When a large percentage of the voters who voted for Barack Obama were black, a lot of them never voted before because he had a good bill of sale. He was selling the country that he was different. The only thing that was different about Barack Obama was the simple fact that he can articulate his agenda very well to the American people. And he really, and that wasn't even his agenda. It was just talk. So people need to realize why and understand why it's always race. It's always racism because it makes people emotional. <clears throat> and when people get emotional about racism, it makes them do crazy things. I mean, back to the Atlanta laws, well, the Georgia laws, I should say, those laws <laughs> doesn't benefit anyone more so than the other. It does not. It's the way they spin it, so you will, you will believe so. For example, I hear many, many people getting ticked off over the the um, the water issue. They can't get in the line, or no one can come up to them outside of the voting pool um, volunteers. Well, check this out. How do you get water any other time in any other place you go to? You can go to a basketball game. Do you complain that you don't have water? When you go to an NFL football game, do you complain you don't have water? And I guarantee you there's more people in line at an NFL or NBA football basketball game than there are at the voting booths. They bring their own damn water like responsible adults. Once again, you're a victim, and you can't bring your own water to the voting pool poll because you don't know anything. You're helpless. I mean, it's all about how they spin it. It's truly about how they spin it. And here's another thing. You know, they make it as if the blacks are the victims of the voting ID. But actuality, whites stand in the same line that the blacks stand in just as long because, once again, they do, they do not have a segregated line. Now, this would only make sense 
if they had a segregated line. But they don't segregate the lines. There's no such thing in any state where blacks in one line, whites in the other. That was back in the Democrat days in the 60s, in the 30s. And actually, it wasn't even in the 60s because blacks weren't even allowed to vote until probably 67 or 68. So racism exists. Yes, it does. Does it it exist to the extent that they're portraying today? No, it does not. Now, in 2021, racism is by far, by far, far a trigger mechanism. So when the Democrats know if you're black, you're emotional to the word racism. They know you'll go out and do dumb things because you're telling everybody else you stand for racism. Well, burning them buildings is not how you do it. Shooting cops is not how you do it. Um, things that are anti-American way, anti-laws, that's not the way you solve racism. It absolutely isn't. The way you solve racism is simply call it the way it is. You know, systemic racism does not exist. Well, it does exist, as a matter of fact. You ever heard of affirmative action? Affirmative action is implemented by the government. So the blacks have, the blacks will have um, the advantage because they're disadvantaged when it comes to getting a job. In a lot of cases, it's not about your education or your experience in the workforce or the work field that you're trying to pursue. It's because we're supposed to be a victim. Now, I really, as you can tell, I don't believe in that. I really don't believe in it at all. But, you know, I've been a black man living in two white states. I run businesses in both states. The owners were all white. I had the keys to everything. So, so think about that, and we'll get back with you on the other side. And we'll take a break for a few seconds, and then uh, we'll get back and continue the conversation. I'm sitting in with Jamie today. Um, I want to continue the conversation that we we had started in the, in the first segment, and you know, and that was racism. Racism. So if you just joined in, yeah, today's topic is racism in the United States, and how we're so blind to what's really going on in the country. Um, I was mentioning before the voter ID, and how um, the Democrats are making it out to be racist. And the thing is, here's what's crazy about the whole thing. It's not even about Blacks. Voter ID is not about Blacks. It's about the Hispanic community. That's all it's about because, and I've said this many, many, many times, they're using Blacks. Once again, they're pandering to Blacks to create laws. And when they create a law, 
people don't think that the law is it that well let me back up people look at that law oh this has helped out the black community well actually it does not it really does not it helps out those who are illegal in this country once you create laws that benefit blacks but also benefit those living in this country i didn't say citizens of this country it benefit those that are living in this country and there's a big difference because when it comes to citizenship it takes a long time to become citizens citizen and a lot of these politicians know this and um when you're looking at 18 years to harvest a new new voter it doesn't work for the democrats they need the new um illegal immigrant to have voting status immediately because that bring them to power a lot quicker so when you think about it the voter id the voter registration laws in these states that have been implemented you got to think about one thing ask yourself how many blacks who are born and bred of the age of 16 and older that do not have driver's license think about it think about one person that you know who is a responsible citizen in the united states who happens to be black that does not have a driver's license i bet you there's far in between and uh but the democrats make it out as if you know blacks don't have driver's license just like they said we don't have the capability of using a computer the most ridiculous thing they can say and people would believe it and it's just absolutely asinine to me how many people can believe things that are non-commonsensical at all at all so with that being said racism exists it's not systemic it's just a tool used by the democrat to perceive to be perceived as being systemic i mentioned a friend from an evaction <clears throat> to get a job as a black man <clears throat> it's supposed to be so easy because of affirmative action there's a problem you got to go apply for it first if you don't get off your butt and go apply for a job when you have affirmative action in your favor laws that have been created for you to to have a job and you're still your unemployment rate in the black communities is 7 to 8% that's a problem and it's not the job hunting skills it's the laziness that they don't have to go get a job i'd say a lot of blacks don't go get jobs the system was created for them by the democrats to have a job but that means absolutely nothing if you do not go and apply for the job and guess what happens unemployment amongst blacks are going to be extremely high among any minority you know affirmative action was really um made or i should say um formed for the african american african american community but it also applies to the immigrants who come in this country as well who are legal so it's not about blacks it's about all immigrants because truly if you're an immigrant you come across this country uh illegally and uh you don't have anything going in your favor you don't have a social security number you don't have a real family to go to because all your family is in Mexico and other countries you are starting out pretty poor in this country unless you come over with a bunch of bunch of money which is not often the case unless it's drug cartel money but so the democrats when they created these bills realized they're going to need assistance too they're victims as well but they're the victims of, of who the big companies labor laws 
They're used and abused, but you don't hear much about them because right now they're illegal. Though they are more, there are more Hispanics in this country than African Americans. The Hispanics aren't legal. So they, well, let me put this way. A lot of them are not legal. So therefore, they can't use them as a tool right now. That's why they're trying to implement laws that make it a lot easier for them to become, at least of all, voters. They don't care about their status. They don't care where they live. They just want their vote. Back in 1962, I think it was, um, Michael Mads made a comment. Actually, it was a video. I posted on my Facebook page. Facebook shut it down. And it's an actual video of Malcolm X speaking on true conservatives that are white and white conservatives, white liberals, sorry. And what he has said, and I'll paraphrase, is that the white conservative is a person you can count on as a friend. When a white conservative helps you out, he's truly trying to help you out. But the white liberal, and for those of you who do not believe this, look it up. Look on my Facebook wall. It might be still up there. I know they had taken it down. I reposted it like five or six times, but it might still be up there. But the white liberal would try to be your friend. He would try to be almost identical as the conservative, but there's one major difference. The conservatives believe work for what you want. Build your empire. There's a system out there for you to pull yourself up by the bootstrap and make it. And the white liberal will tell you, hey, buddy, we got your back. You don't need a job. You just go on welfare and stay home. Have a bunch of babies. We got you. We'll give you a check every single month. We'll help you get a job. We got your back. But in terms, in return, I want your vote. That's how the liberals work. And that's what Martin, I mean, uh, Malcolm X has stated in his video. It's not a recording. It's not script. It's not his writings. It's in a video. So those of you who don't know much about Malcolm X, yeah, in the beginning, I'm sure you guys know he was Nation of Islam, and he was a bad guy for a long time. But he did go to Mecca, and he did change his life. And um, so there's no such thing to me as a good white liberal, I'll be honest with you. Because if you're a liberal, you're trying to get something from somebody. And it's a trade-off. Now, look, as conservatives, you know, I believe in the Constitution. You know, I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. And there's a difference between the conservative and a Republican. But we do have affiliations because we do think somewhat likewise on a lot of things. Um, But racism does exist. But racism isn't something that should be allowed in the political realm when it comes to voting. And that's why we see it so much. And I'm getting absolutely so tired of it. You know, I'm getting tired of my people being used and pandered to just to get their votes. In actuality, when you pant, they create a system that allows blacks not to 
grow financially like the rest of the world. So um, we will uh, continue this conversation in a little bit, but I will say this before we go to commercial break. Um, people, you got to wake up. You really have to wake up. You know, it's getting to be really crazy out there in the streets of the United States of America. It's not even looking like an America. We've got a commercial break coming up now. I'll talk to you on the other side. Give us a few minutes and then we'll be right back. This is John Hurd. I'm sitting in this morning for Jamie Renda. Um, this morning we've been talking about racism in the United States and the liberal party of the Democrats and the uh, conservative movement. Um, I want to change topic just a little bit. It's still about racism. It's about the conservative lifestyle versus the Republican lifestyle versus the liberal and Democrat and moderate lifestyle. Um, one thing about me as a conservative, I truly believe in the Constitution. And I believe every single amendment that we have in the Constitution was meant for us to live a life of freedom without the thumbs of the government pressed upon us. Um, so as a conservative, I think a little bit different than the Republicans because I truly believe as, as a conservative, it's not about religion. It's truly about being a conservative, living free in a country that was really meant for us to live free and do the things that we choose and want to do. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the reasons that people don't care much for um, Republicans is because as a Republican, there's a lot of religion into it. A lot of Republicans base a lot of the things that they think and with their heart, with their minds and their soul and their conviction for their relationship with God. We Republicans kind of look at, I mean, a lot of conservatives look at it as just about the Constitution. How we live in a country that's meant to be free. Our liberties are our liberties and we're responsible for our own course, good or bad. That's how I look at it. Now, not everybody look at it the same way as I, but that's how I look at it. I was born to be free. When I was born in this country, you and I were born to be free. And there's a lot of people don't like that because in a free society you can be a capitalist hell in a free society you could be a socialist the government doesn't have to run that way but you can be a socialist in a free society you can be a communist you can be a racist and to be any one of those groups is not against the law it's what you do that could be construed as illegal but to be one of those, it is not against the law. So that's what I believe in as a conservative. I mean, if you're gay, have at it. I believe as a conservative, you have a right to be gay in a free country. Now, that's more of a religion thing for a lot of people. It's more of a spiritual thing for a lot of people. 
But for a true conservative, it's about being free to do whatever you want. If you want to walk down the street butt naked, well, that's probably not a good idea because that would probably put you in jail because that's against the law. But if you want to hang a flag outside of your damn house, you can do that. You can do that. If you want to hang up a, a China flag outside your house, you have the right to do that as well. Now, and I don't know if that would be a good idea nowadays because there's so much, so much hate in this country right now, and it's been perpetuated every single day to, to get the divisions that, con- that the tyrants want in this country. Um, so that's my little speech on conservatism and how I think and the way I think the way I think. And it's also coming from a black man who happens to be a conservative as well. Um, I'm all about mine. I'm all about my country. I'm, I'm all about the people in this country. And, you know, blacks are 13% of the population, but we want the other 87% to act according to their needs. And that's way out of bounds, way out of bounds. Um, Hispanics are 26% of the population. You don't hear anything from them because they go to work for the most part. They go to work, they earn their incomes, and they're grateful just to be in a country that's so free. And they have the opportunity to be a capitalist in this country, even if it's working in the, the fields, picking tomatoes or whatever. They still have an opportunity to make money the way they want to make money, at least to start out and grow their financial wealth. Because I know several immigrants who've come to this country with nothing, and now they have amassed a large uh, financial network, net worth. So that's what America is all about. That is truly what America is all about. And the minute we lo- we lose that ideal of how our country is really supposed to be, um, you start to start looking at yourself and ask yourself, well, what do I need to do to help bring back this country that we love so much? Because you got to remember something. You may not like the way the country is running today, but your kids may not like how it's running 25 years from now after you're gone. you got to think about that. You have to think about your children. As an parent, you can't just live for the moment. Because you're, we're all, most of us are closer to death than we are birthed. And we're on our way out. So how you leave your country is determined how bad and how much you fought for your country. And I don't mean in war sense either. I mean just as an average, 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 everyday citizen. You know, you have to stand up for the Constitution. Because if you don't, you're not protecting your country. You give your Constitution away. You're not protecting your children, your grandchildren. That's our job. Protect our kids. I'm here right now, and I'm going to protect mine. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to protect mine, and I'm going to try to protect yours. But, you know, I want to get back to what we initially started talking about, and that's just racism. White people, please listen to me. It's oftentimes said to me, I can't say the things that you say, John, because I'll be persecuted. I said, if you don't say anything, you're going to be persecuted. You're just making the pathway a lot easier for people to take shots at you. Everybody that, everyone that is white 
is a racist, according to a lot of the black community, the Marxists, the socialists. Everybody, there's a lot to take from white America. There is a lot to take from white America. Your history, your culture, your money, that's the target is white America. I'm not a target. I'm not. It's white America. Because by far, you have all the wealth and the power collectively, not per capita, collectively. So, and what's ironic is a lot of the people that's telling people white America is bad, they also have a lot of money. But they're in the upper echelon. They're in part of the cabal. When you're part of the cabal, you're protected. You, I mean, there's the saying in politics, play here, stay here. All you got to do, play the game. And a lot of these politicians do because once there is a cabal, you're part of the network. You're protected. Your family's protected until you tick somebody off. Then you just become a target. It happens in every society. But white people need to stand up. No, I don't mean goes out blazing saddles, shooting, you know, everybody that's not white. No, that's not what I meant. When somebody say you're a racist, stand up and say, you lost your damn mind. My ancestors never owned slaves. As a matter of fact, I'm born and raised mostly in the West, where slavery wasn't that prevalent. But I get tired of white people getting attacked with just being white. Some of my best friends are white. Some of my best friends have my back. Races, not even close to it. And if they use the N-word when we're having a conversation, it's because they know me that well and it's not offensive. It's not offensive to me. When it's done in the right context, it doesn't bother me because I know my friends, when they use the N-word and say, what's up, my knee, N-word, I know they're saying, what's up, buddy? Because these are the same dudes that have my back every single time I need them. Every time. Every time. So to have white skin is not a privilege. That's just your culture. Privilege is when you're part of an elite society like Bill Gates, like Jeff Bezos, like Michael Jordan, who happens to be black, Oprah Winfrey, who happens to be black, Robert Johnson, the founder of BET, happens to be black. What's that? That privilege doesn't, they don't have privilege? Those billions of dollars doesn't give them privilege? No, they absolutely do have privilege. So, but it's just ironic. It's all about white privilege. White privilege, because majority of the blacks don't have what the white individual who has billions and billions and billions of dollars don't have. So they make it, they make you real, not realize that there's an in-between group. That in-between group is middle America. Middle America doesn't have that kind of thing. But they don't let you see that. They always focus on the Bezos and the Zuckerbergs and the Warren Buffetts, those like guys like that that have a lot of money. That's who they focus on and make you feel like everybody's like that. Anyway, I see we have a commercial break coming up. So I'll get back with you on the other side. This is John and Pajama Miranda.
Good morning, everybody. This is John Harvey sitting in for Jamie Renda, who's out on vacation. And this is Path Forward Utah. Um, this is our last and final segment. And um, I want to thank everybody for allowing me the time to come on and uh, say what I like to say and uh, share my message and my beliefs. Um, look, I know I don't make a lot of people happy with some of the things I I say. And be honest with you, I don't care because it has to be said. Um, I'm a black man, and I see a lot of things that I know is not true. Now, here's the thing about me. Let me let me start about me. I'm from the East Coast. I grew up um, in an area of my state that was highly populated with the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, every Friday and Saturday night, I remember going to Highway 117, and you can look at you can look over at a particular business that black patron. Um, and you will see a cross burning. So when we talk about racism, I, most people don't even have a clue what true racism is all about. Have no clue who the Ku Klux Klan really are, other than what they you know they read in a book or heard CNN or MSBC or how they you know they try to connect uh, that with uh, Donald Trump. Look, I know what racism is. If you never had a cross burned in your yard before on your front porch, now mind you, I'm 55 years old, so I've been around a little bit. Not as old as some and not as young as a, as a lot of you. But I know what true racism is. So when we talk about, you know, racism, those are my thoughts about racism. Not this piddly stuff, piddly stuff we talk about nowadays to get votes. Because you know what? Uh, it's really not true racism. You know, I look at, now racism can be subtle in this country. There is such thing as subtle racism. And that's what most people will experience. In a case in point, you know, you go in the store and they say, hey, um, can I use your bathroom? Um, and they, they may say, hey, we don't service the public. Um, but then you turn around, somebody else of different color go in. Then, but that's individual. A lot of racism ba is based on individuals, not systemic. Because a lot of individuals, for example, older people. You know, when I first moved the, to Idaho, um, I knew a real sweet older white man. Sweet, loved me to death like a son. But he had one, I wouldn't even say it's a flaw. It's just the way he grew up. And you have to remind, when you're dealing with older people, that are a lot older than you are, they grew up at a different time. And you have to give them some, a little bit of leeway. <clears throat> well, this older gentleman, he always likes to use the word colored. <clears throat> and people don't realize the word colored back in the South is not a good word to use. It's an alternative word to the N-word. Then the thirdly, the word is boy. It is also another to blacks, a racist um, epithet. So, but people don't, you know, people in certain areas don't realize that. And you know, like I say, um, you have to give people a little bit of leeway, giving their age, mostly their age, because they're going to say things you may think offensive and, and they're racist, but I never thought he was racist at all, because here's the thing. 
he used the word colored, but he did everything else for me that a racist would never do for you if he was racist. Uh, racist never do. You know, when I first came to Idaho, I was married, and we we're in the military, and um, they were the ones who helped us get on our feet. Anything we needed, well, we met him because we rented a house from him. We lived off base when we were young, when I was younger. And he and his wife would do anything we asked. We were struggling in the very beginning. We couldn't make our rent. And he would just forgive it. Now, but yet, this race, as most people would say, because he used the word color, would say, well, he was just doing it because he wanted your money. Well, I didn't have any money back then. I didn't have anything back then. We're in the military. We didn't have anything. So, but he used the word color because the person you use an adjective that you may think is a, is a racial slang um, is not always true. I know a guy that I have coffee with every single morning. He's a conservative. He's 80 years old. To most people, they would think he's a racist for some of the things he says, but I know him very, very well. The things he's done for me as friends tells me he's not a racist. He's just old. He just says things that are from his time. I mean, it's kind of like a lot of these older people don't use computers either because they're not familiar with it. And so when you're in a state such as Utah right now and you hear the word colored, you don't think much about it because there's not much racism here. Now, do we have racism? Sure, we have it everywhere. Let's not kid ourselves. It does exist. But it only exists more in the political realm than it does in our day-to-day lives. Because most of us don't even come across it, even if you're black. I dare to say that few black people in this country can say they really experience real racism. Real racism. The problem is, in this country, is if it happened in the East Coast, we seem to have the need to spread it across that same instant across the country and apply it to any and everybody in this country. For example, like the George Floyd crap. That's what I call it was crap. It's unfortunate he did die. All of that is very unfortunate. And I say that because no life should be taken by another man. Now, do I completely agree it was taken by Derek Chauvin? I don't completely agree with that. Did he have some contributions in his cardiac arrest? Possibly so. But I'll leave that for the experts. But I will simply say, when we tore the country down the way we did, it worked out to the advantage of a lot of people that are in power, to a lot of people, just like COVID worked out to the advantage of a lot of people in power. While we're running around fighting these little pilly wars on each other, there are other people making millions and millions and millions of dollars. In case you didn't know, and I'll educate you real quick. Bank of America came out a report about a month and a half ago. Corporation profit was up 800%. 800%. But yet we're in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic. So we destroy all the little businesses, but yet the big boys are making tons of money. Tons of money. And now here we are in inflation. So... And all this started with George Floyd, what happened in Minneapolis, or Philadelphia, I should say, and it spread throughout the country. 
And that's how this crap worked. That's how racism worked. That's why we have the issue of racism today, because it's George Floyd. Barack Obama, yeah, we had a few incidents, you know, in uh, with Michael Brown and uh, Trayvon Martin. We had those incidents, but never did they tear the country down the way they did this last time. Never, never. And it shows the power of racism. It, you know, here's a little fact that I was, well, here's a thought of mine of something that happened. Back in the 60s, LBJ administration decided they wanted to do the father absent program. Basically put women on welfare and kick their husbands out. The Democrats realized something back then. If you give blacks a bunch of money, they'll vote for you. Isn't it ironic now? They give now a bunch of money right now. And guess what they want, want to happen? They want the same experiment happen here. They want you to vote for them. Even though they're creating inflation, inflation, inflation is when you have more money out there than you have services. And that's what we're running into right now because the pandemic killed all the businesses. All the services, which took, a, you know, 40% of small businesses went out of business. That's a large revenue for a lot of families that is gone. But still, people are still making money. And uh, I don't believe that we should continue on that same path. I really don't. Um, we've got to make a change, people. We've got to start being puppets. We need to start being sheep. We need to stand for something, something or stand for nothing. It's your country you can lose. You may not look at that today, but when it actually happens to you, you'll look back and you reflect, why didn't I do anything? As we speak today, I'm asking you, do something. White people, say something. Do not let people put their boots on the back of your head just because of the color of your skin. Because to me, that's the biggest form of racism in this country. You lie in, you lie in there and doing absolutely nothing. Well, we're coming to the end of the segment today. I enjoyed my time here. Um, we'll get back with you next week. Hopefully, I can come back and visit with you again. Have a great day. This is John from Pathway Forward. Take care. Mm-hmm.